Hello everyone, welcome back to Holding Fast to Faith. I am your host, Brett Hill, and today we have a great message for you titled, Enjoying Your Position in Christ. It's coming out of Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. So if you don't have your Bible, pause the podcast, run, get your Bible, come back and join us. I'm in the King James Version today, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be to you, and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings and heavenly places in Christ according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace." Church Paul's letter to the Ephesians is simply a declaration of victory for the children of God. He sets out from the beginning to inform the reader of his position and favor as a redeemed child of God. And this letter helps us to see how we should view ourselves in Christ. We are saints of God. He called us saints. In the very first part of that, he's saying, grace be to you and peace to our Father. He's saying he's an apostle of Jesus Christ and he's addressing it to the saints at Ephesus, and this letter is to us, the Christian, calling us saints of God. And his word says, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin according to the riches of his grace. Christians should never defy this within themselves in the fact that they have redemption through the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood is what has paid for that redemption. The blood is what purchased your forgiveness. The blood is what gives you the joint heirs with Jesus Christ with the riches of his grace. You are a saint of God. And in Ephesians chapter 1, Paul tells us, who we are with Jesus Christ. In Ephesians chapter 2 and 3, he tells us how that happened to us and what took place for that to happen. In Ephesians chapter 4 through 6, he tells us how to live the Christian life like we are a redeemed child of God. Now in our opening text, Paul gives us three instructions, and if followed, these three instructions will lead us into a joyful Christian walk that is going to make us be uh, full of grace and full of Christ and, and being able to walk this world victorious. And those three things he's telling us to be holy, to be without blame, and to walk before him in love. So the first thing I want to talk to you today about, you need to recognize yourself, recognize your righteousness in Christ. So church and verse 1, Paul's writing to the saints in Ephesus. And to be a saint simply means that you are set apart for Christ. You have been set apart. He bought you and purchased you and set you aside for his own and has called you saints of God. Now, by addressing them as saints, Paul is establishing their identity in Christ. He is telling them, because you are a saint, you are part of Christ. You are identified with him now, not identified as the old you that you used to be. 
Now, I know we don't walk around addressing ourselves as saints all the time, but in our God-given grace, because of what took place on the cross, we certainly could and we have the right to do so. Now, one preacher said, you're either a saint or you're an ain't. So you're either in Christ or you're not. There's no in-between. There's no gray area. There's no riding the fence deciding what you might want to do. There's no lukewarm Christians. There's no such a thing. You're either a saint of God or you're belonging to the devil and your father is Satan. That's what we're saying in that statement there. And that's what the Bible says clearly in plenty of places. So you're either in Christ or you're not. You need to make up your mind. Choose you this day whom you will serve. According to Colossians 1 and 12, the saved are saints in light. He's saying that we are saints in the light of God. We've been able to see clearly. The Word has brightened up our vision and showed us the right way for us to go. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 22, Paul wrote about the saints in Caesar's household. He said, all the saints greet you, but especially those who are in Caesar's household. In 2 Corinthians 13 and 13, Paul writes again. He says, all the saints greet you, or as the King James version says it, all the saints salute you. Christians don't walk around with business cards embroidered on the, on the front of it, some embossed labeling that says, I'm a saint of God, look at me, or they wear a t-shirt that says, look at me, I'm a saint of God, but we do need to grasp the privilege that we have as saints, the sainthoods that we have in our heart, being a saint of Jesus Christ. As a Christian, you're no longer a wretched worm anymore. You're not an unworthy thug. You're no longer condemned by the sin that you used to live in, you are now a saint of God. Are you undeserving? Absolutely. None of us deserve that sainthood, but are we unworthy? Absolutely not. Not anymore because of the cross of Christ, because of the grace that he shed, because of the blood of Jesus Christ. He has changed that status in our lives by accepting him as our Lord and Savior, and we are now worthy because the worthy one lives inside of us. Listen to me, church. Now to him who works. The wages are not counted as grace, but counted as debt. But to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. So you can't work your way into heaven. You can't work yourself into sainthood, but he, Jesus Christ, the one who justifies you, the ungodly, the ones who didn't have a chance, the ones who were bound to hell and our sin was giving us that pathway to hell and we deserve that place in hell. It was Jesus Christ that gave us justification to be counted as faithful and righteous because of believing in him. Now, just as David also described the blessedness of the man to whom God imputes righteousness apart from works. Listen to how Paul puts it to the people of Corinth in 2 Corinthians 5 and 21. He says, For he hath made him who knew no sin to become sin for us, that we, you and I, might become the righteousness of God in him. We need to be holding fast to that and believing that because Jesus Christ became sin, he was born into this world from the Holy Spirit. He, he never knew sin. He never tasted sin. He was tempted but never gave in to it. And he became sin by choice, not because he had to, not because he wanted to, but he chose to become sin to take your place and to pay your penalty. Why? So that he could give you his righteousness and call you a saint of God. 
Now, the second thing we need to do is rest in your relationship with him. We need to understand that we have a relationship and we need to build on that all the time. And Paul tells us that we are accepted into God's beloved church because of a relationship that we have with Jesus Christ. He said, if you love me, do what I say. I will call you my friend. I will make you have a relationship with me if you will follow my commandments and do what I say and and follow my leadership. Now, the Holy Spirit introduced me and you, if you are a Christian today listening to this podcast, the Holy Spirit introduced us to this wonderful family of God, and Jesus Christ himself signed and secured those adoption papers to make that legal in the heavenly throne room. Romans chapter 8 verses 15 says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Father in heaven saw us in a place of destiny where we did not have any hope. We didn't have any love. We didn't have a chance to to get out of the condemnation that we lived in. And he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to pull us up out of that and to adopt us into his family so that we would no longer have to call Satan our father. We now have a new father, and we don't need to be competing for a place in God's family anymore, nor do we need to struggle for his attention. He tore the veil in the temple from top to bottom and says, you don't need to ask permission. You don't need to come and make an appointment with a priest. You can walk right into the Holy of Holies and jump up in my lap and talk to me anytime you want to and bring your needs before me, and I will talk to you. I'll I'll hear your prayers, and I will answer your prayers as the father that you need to have. Your place with him is secure already, church, through the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on Calvary. You and me, we, all of us, were welcomed at the throne of grace anytime that we want to go. Listen, church, sometimes we struggle with this. Sometimes the devil will build confusion about this in our lives, but God did not change us in order to love us. I want you to really get this point today. If you didn't hear anything else in this podcast today, God did not change us in order to love us. He showed us his love for us so that he could change us. That's that's totally different than what a lot of people are told by Satan, but God didn't change us so he could love us. He loved us way before we changed. He loved us while we were yet sinners, and he he died for us while we were yet sinners. He, He showed his love. He demonstrated his love for us so that he could change us and make us into one of his children and adopt us and take us into his family. That's totally different than what the devil wants you to believe. In 1 John chapter 4 verse 18 says there is no fear in love and and love is Jesus Christ love is God the Father it says there's no fear in love but perfect love cast out fear and we know what love is because of 1 John chapter 4 verses 7 and 8 he says beloved let us love one another because love is of God and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God he goes on to tell us if you don't know love you don't know God because God is love we know that if there's love in your life that God the Father is in it. And if you don't know true love today, you don't know Jesus Christ as your father and as your as your family member as the one who died for you and, and gave you the salvation and gave you the grace that you can enjoy today. God is the only one that can claim the title that is love. 
So, and there's no fear in love. If you are loved today by the Father and, he, and you love Him, then you should have no fear about what's coming in this world. You shouldn't have any fear about what's coming down the pipe through the politics or through destruction or famine or prices being raised or anything else because perfect love casts out fear. He takes care of His own and He's the Father. He owns everything in this world and everything other, under this world and everything above this world and any need that His children have they get met before anybody else's needs get met. Can you hear me today? Do you understand you don't need to be worried about what's going to go on in this world when God himself is your father and he's adopted you into his family? The third thing we need to do today is rely on your resources. I kind of touched on that there just a second ago, relying on your resources because God is the, is the keeper and the owner of all resources. Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. What a promise, church. Did you hear that? Do I need to say it again? He says he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. And if you've got a pencil and paper, I would like for you to write down everything that all does not include. Send it to an email and let me figure it out because I've not seen it yet. All is all encompassing. There's any spiritual blessing that has ever existed. He said, I've got it just to give to you. And he says, it's not blessings from the world. It's blessings from heavenly places. The scope of the blessing is all, everything inclusive. The significance of the blessings is spiritual and not fleshly or carnal. The realm of the blessings is heavenly places and not worldly. My goodness, church, nobody on earth, nobody around could ever produce better benefits than what God the Father produces for those who he loves and who he provided salvation for. You've got something to praise him about today. God the Father has already got and provided everything that we need through him and through his son, Jesus Christ. He don't have to create any more love. He don't have to create any more more grace or any more mercy for us. It's everlasting. It's in an abundance. It's over and above every amount that we could possibly fathom that we would need. He doesn't have to break out a shovel and mine for gold and silver to find something to provide for your needs either because he's the owner of all the gold. He knows where it's at. He's the one that created it. He he paves his streets with it. He he paves the, the streets. He, pays, he coats the, go, the golden gates. He coats the doorknobs and everything else in this world that he has shown in heaven is gold-plated because of him. And it all belongs to him and he provides it for us. Psalms chapter 24 verse 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and we are his children through the blood of Christ. Our adoption is signed through the blood of Christ. Our needs are met through the blood of Christ, church, and our salvation is secured through him in the blood of Christ. Church, we need to be reminding ourselves daily we, that we are a child of God. We need to tell ourselves daily, I'm a child of the king. My needs are already met. This world don't have anything for me. I don't need to be worried about where my next meal comes from. 
Why? Because I'm a child of God. He's my provider. He's the one that takes care of me. My future is a blessed and pleasant future, not because of the president that's in office, not because of my congressman, not because of anything else except the fact that I believe in Jesus Christ. He's my Lord and Savior. I'm a child of the King, and I'm living under His roof and not under the world's roof. He's the one that's taking care of me, and my home is in heavenly places and full of His riches, not full of the world's desires and riches that they call blessed things. And church, I want you to know, saints of God, I want you to know, being in Christ, it it provides the daily bread of God's provision in your life. You don't need to be worried about everything else in this world. You need to enjoy your position in Christ. Recognize who you are as a child of the King. Listen, there's an old song that goes by this. It says in the lyrics of that song, it says, already mine, already mine, my father is rich and it's already mine. Church, there's a miracle with your name on it right now, and it's already yours because God the Father takes care of those whom he loves, and it's written in the Bible over and over and over again. Trust in him. Believe in him. Follow him. Let him guide your footsteps. If the devil tries to convince you that you are less than royalty, then you need to tell him you're already somebody in the kingdom of heaven. I don't need a second opinion. I've got Jesus's opinion about me and that's the only one I'm going to be worried about. When Jesus tells me I'm royalty, I'm not going to listen to you about telling me who I am. I'm not going to listen to the devil about trying to tell me who I am. Jesus has already called me a child of the king. He's already called me adopted into the kingdom of heaven and that's enough for me. The blood of Christ has provided for this status in my life and you, somebody out there needs to tell the devil today that God's kingdom, his, his royalty, his priesthood in his life. He has given me the joint heirship with Jesus Christ and it's already mine. I have the kingdom of God to claim in my own life today and Satan can just stick it. He don't need to be trying to lie to you anymore. You don't need to be listening to what the world has to say to you anymore. Listen to the word of God. Listen to the scripture. Jesus said my blood has paid your price. Jesus said my blood has bought and paid for a place for you. Jesus said I've built a place. I'm coming back to get you. And his word is yes and amen. He can be trusted. He's trustworthy. He don't need to be put on a back burner somewhere. Trust in him today and enjoy your position in Jesus Christ. Amen. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, I want you to know that you can have him in your life. You can enjoy these benefits. You can be adopted into the family of God today by receiving Jesus Christ into your heart. And all these things that I've been talking to you today for the last few minutes can be yours because you become a child of God through faith in Jesus Christ alone. If you feel the Holy Spirit tugging at you, if you feel the anointing of God coming upon you and and showing you that you need to receive him today, I want you to pray with me. Heavenly Father, Lord, I know that the words of this preacher are truth and I, I need you. I need a savior because I'm a sinner. I'm lost without you. 
and I want you to come into my heart. Lord, I want you to come into my heart and change me. Turn me into what you need me to be. I confess with my mouth right now that I am a sinner and that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and I received that sacrifice as my payment for sin. And I believe that God has raised you from the dead, Jesus. And because of that, my faith in you has told me that I am saved through the blood of Jesus Christ today. And I accept that in my life. I want you to come in and change me. Begin to lead me in the life that you want me to live. Help me to turn loose of my old man. Help me to trust in you to guide me for the rest of my life. In the name of Jesus, I pray and ask these things. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer today, I want you to know that the angels of heaven are rejoicing for the choice that you made. Please email us at holdingfasttofaith at outlook.com and let us know that you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior so that we can rejoice with you and, and this newfound love that you'll have, that we can be part of that walk with you. Find yourself a Bible. Find yourself a church to get in, a good Bible-believing church, spirit-filled, full of the Holy Ghost, people that you can be surrounded by that will help you walk the life that God intends for you to live. Praise God. Thank you for tuning in. God bless you, and we will see you on the next one.